Yo, what up, what up, UMU? What's up, everybody? Hey, hey. What up, what up, UMU? And welcome to The Savvy Investor, where we discuss money moves, investments, and opportunities for generational wealth. Our conversations will be tailored specifically for those who have served. Think, plan, execute. Let's continue to grow together. Hey, what up, what up, UMU? And welcome to the Savvy Investor Recap. On the previous episode, we had none other than the one and only retired Chief Master Sergeant Todd Simmons, where we talked about entrepreneurship, branding, and business-mindedness. Based on the amount of volume that we got and interest from the previous episode, we decided to do a recap. So with that, I'm going to bring on Key, and she's going to tell you guys a little bit about the recap. Hey, hey, everybody. So as Black said, we had the infamous, do not call him chief, Mr. Todd Simmons, who came with the thunder and the noise. And to be honest, this has been our most viewed and most played um, segment for like since the time that we've been using the multiple streams um, and platforms. And so with that, what we find is during our lives, a lot of our um, guests, they comment down in the in the um in the comment section. However, because now we do the streaming of the audio, this is us doing a rapid fire Q&A where I have compiled a list of questions that has come from our Facebook group, our YouTube channel, and Anchor, which houses Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. So we will be firing these questions off to do not call me Chief Mr. Todd Simmons. That is his new name for me. <laughs> and it's not gonna be in any particular order. And of course, he is always ready for anything. Why? Because he is a courageous leader. You like that? <laughs> I like what I see what you did there. Snap, snap, <laughs> right. <snap. laughs> right. Right. All right. So without further ado, unless there's something else. Mm-hmm. Welcome, welcome going. back, Chief. Welcome back. Hey, thanks. Hey, I like that key. I like that. I got to give you your, uh, your probably $10 for, uh, doing the whole, uh, intro for, I saw that I was sitting back here going, you know, all right, that's what's up. She she (laughs) put on the feet. No, Hey, thank you. Uh, glad to be back. Black key. Um, man, this was, uh, I had a lot of fun with y'all last time and it was, uh, you know, it created a lot of conversation for me because I was sitting there texting people for like three days after that. So, <laughs> no, but I was happy to support and happy to be back to get at some of the direct questions that some of the viewers had. We couldn't, we couldn't get after. So good, good to be back. All right. All right. So again, appreciate it, Chief. Appreciate it for your time. So we're going to get right into the questions, Chief. Um, I'm sorry, Ty. It's a force of habit that's going to be hard for me to break. Yeah, that's so, okay. The first question we had is, uh, when did you realize that you had the courage uh, that you needed to be able to work for yourself? You know, I would say, um, you know, I would tell you probably, it might sound weird, so I'm going to answer it weird, probably when I was born, right? So, and, and so I got to explain that a little bit because I come from a very long history of, of entrepreneurial family, right? I was, you know, I never met any of my grandparents. They all passed away before I was, uh, actually before I was born. Um, and, um, you know, so for me, um, you know, I've always heard stories about my grandfather being one of the first African-American males that opened his own logging company in South Carolina in the 50s, 60s, when that wasn't popular at all. And, you know, I would, you know, my aunts and, you know, my mom come from uh, opening their own businesses. My mom is on a daycare and uh, mom still owns a daycare right now, 70 something years old. And she's owned several beauty salons. So I grew up around people taking chances, taking risks, entrepreneurship. So for me, man, I always have that independent independent spirit 
And, uh, and uh, you know, so for me, I always wanted to just, uh, you know, I came in the military and that was the structure I needed because you can't, you know, that's just structure. So for me, I would say, so I was born, man, grew up uh, just seeing everybody always taking their own, taking, you know, my brother-in-law who was kind of like a brother to me, taking, you know, opening his business um, of audio vision. So I've always been surrounded around these people who, um, you know, just, just did their own thing, just took risks. So when I, you know, when I was retiring from the Air Force, the courage, I would say it really wasn't, you know, I won't give myself as much credit as say courage because, you know, I prepared to give myself some safety net, you know, preparation is key, right? So I gave myself two years when I retired to say, I have a safety net enough for two years to go out on my own and turn down any job of employment that I would bring. So that's kind of weird. Awesome. Awesome, Chief. So the power of representation. So you got to visualize and see and even hear about people that from your lineage that was able to do that. So that's that's impressive. Appreciate that. Yeah. I think I'm good. Am I good now? Can you hear me? Yeah, we can hear you. I just went out. So we're going to roll with it. Okay. So my, I'm rolling with my question now. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So my question that came up was what led to you writing your book? And did you have anything to do? Did it have anything to do with your brand? And was it something that you always wanted to do? Well, I will answer the second part of that question first. I had nothing to do with my brand, right? Um, for me, I tried to write a book for about 12 years. And I would always, and it wasn't really trying to write a book. You know, um, it's something I always wanted to do. I never knew what I wanted to do a book about. And as I got older and and toward my last four years in the military and I started really talking about mental health and resiliency. And to be honest with you, going through my own, um, I won't call them struggles, my own journey, right? So my, in that sense, I was an airman basic in the Air Force, but still as I got older and more mature, and as you get older, even today, you know, you start doing the work to self-reflect on things in your life. Yes. Um, you know, you look back and, and it's just like this big, I mean, it's just pictures that disappear, right? All these things like, man, I can't believe I happened. I just this morning was talking to somebody like, man, I can't believe um, that that was me 27 years ago and I made it here. I just couldn't believe it. So and honestly, you know, what really pushed me to write the type of book that I wrote, I always wanted to write something, is the last three years probably um, at AU and having the opportunity to travel around, meet so many people, having the, the audience that I was able to, be stand in front of and be honest and real about like, hey, you know, by the metrics of the Air Force, I was successful. But guess what? I've been in mental health my whole career. I've tried to take my own life as an airman. I, I just was honest with everybody, right? I would tell people my first PHA that I told the truth on, I was a command chief, right? So we all go lie on those PHAs for all I, you know, mm -hmm. say we all okay. But, you know, I, so, you know, just to kind you know, I would say the heroes that I am me, talk to me at conferences, all these people who was like, hey, I got, you know, this is my story, you know, and, and I'm like, you know, all the airmen who at Travis Air Force Base walked up to me and said, you know, you're talking about me. Yes. When I was talking about my story in the resiliency brief, and he was like, you're talking about me. Not only are you talking about me, you, you grew up 10 minutes away from where I grew up. And it just hit me. He's 19 years old. Here I am in my 40s. And I'm like, you know, maybe I got something to say that will tell people, look, life is life. Yes. You can do the work. You can make it in your own. You can mold it in your own way. You don't have to allow people to put you in these boxes to say that you got this issue or you got this issue. You can't do this. You can't be this because. And I wanted to just break all those stereotypes that, 
you know what? I, I made it. I made it pretty far in the Air Force with a lot of mental health challenges. And guess what? Majority of people have some type of mental health thing that they that will occur in their life. And we got to stop making that so negative. It doesn't mean that I'm a dangerous person. I, I, mean, I had a TSSEI clearance my whole you know last ten years of my career. I still got one. It doesn't mean that I can't go and get the help that I need. And and so I wanted to break a lot of stereotypes from that. I wanted to break a lot of socioeconomic stereotypes that because you grew up this type of way that you never have an opportunity and nothing is going to be afforded to you. I wanted to grow up, uh, break the stereotype that, you know, I'm a, I was a young African-American male who you would lock the door when I walked in the parking lot of, of a grocery store that, that right. never wanted to harm you, but you might've just looked at me a certain way that I'm, I was more than that then. And I'm more than that now. So I just wanted to break all these stereotypes that, you know, that um, for people who are reading that book, who, because I'll be honest with you, it wasn't just people who looked like me, African-American male. I got more for the thing that I was surprised me, not really surprised me, but I was more happy with is the amount of people of all groups who read my book, strangers who are texting and IMing me on LinkedIn and said, I, you know, I read this, man, did it change my perspective on what I need to do and my responsibility? So I didn't expect a, to any response. So that's the long answer to it. But, you know, I, I wrote it for that. It wasn't a branding thing. It wasn't because I don't want to be stove piped into this guy with a sad story. That's not who I am. You know, so it, it was it was more of a thing to kind of just solidify what people have already been asking me to do is to continue to speak up. Right. And this awesome. book is good. It's really good. <laughs> Great answer. Yes. <laughs> All right. So um, the next question we have for you, Chief, is uh, do you believe that we should monetize every single talent or service that we offer? No. <laughs> I say I say yes and no. Right. Yes and no. First of all, you have to know what your talents are. You can monetize. Right. Which is the biggest um, issue that most people have is that, you know, what do I what is my talents? And we always look at talent as this, you know, can I play basketball very well and I can monetize that and I can go to, or I can do the sport thing. No, I mean, we all have a talent. And I was just talking to someone today about that, a talent of leadership, you know, a talent of, of, um, of entrepreneurship, a talent of whatever it is. So I think you have to find your passion of what you like to do first and what that talent is and what market, what market accepts people in that and uh, with the, with those talent? What does that come? What comes with that? So, can you monetize it? Absolutely. Now, I think you have to be careful because you become you know there's nothing wrong with monetizing the things and the services that you offer, but I believe in that mo you know monetizing things come with more than just a, a monetary value coming back to you, right? There's different value that you can get, right? So, for me, yeah. I have I monetize a lot of my talents, right? But also I take the the talents that I monetize and also make sure that I'm giving back some of those things free, right? And not really for free. Like if I have a talent, I just think about it. if I have a talent to understand how to do um, how to give people access to doors and rooms that they can't get into. Essentially, teaching people a business acumen or teaching you how to transition in life. I'm not going to charge you for that, right? Because for me, it's about tribe, right? And in the whole alliance piece, I couldn't name my company Courageous Leadership Tribe, so I named it Courageous Leadership Alliance. But for me, it's the it's the it's the it's the value of the tribe. So for me, if I can make if I can make ten people successful, because I'm helping you, you know, you know, 
gap that bridge, then it, and eventually I'm not looking at a payback. You don't owe me anything. But the information you may get or the information in the rooms that you may get in may help me monetize my talents further. I'm not, you don't owe me anything, but the, you know, so I always tell people, anybody, and this is a, a business thing I, I talk to. I got a lot of like people who work with me, subcontractors, subcontracts, whatever. But anybody who affiliates with me, I said in two years, my magic wand is that you are bigger than me. And I don't care, I don't care, you know, if you are past me, you're making more money than me. Because the more people we think about it is a tribe, right? If a tribe goes out to the river, a tribe doesn't together, the tribe doesn't care if you catch one fish or somebody don't care if this other person catch 10 fish. When you come back with 20 fish and I come back with no fish, guess what? We all eating, we happy. When everybody comes back with no fish, it's a problem. So why do we care who's the best fisherman? All we care is that all of us are gonna eat. So at the end of the day, that's all I care about is that we all can eat and there's an endless amount of fish in the river. So, you know, so we, so when I talk about monetizing talent, I'm monetizing my talent to make sure I open enough doors to get your talent through the door. So, so yeah, so, so we all should be looking that way, right? Do you believe monetize every single time? Absolutely. Because everything you find out that you can do, you may not want to monetize that one thing, but somebody coming behind you may. So you got the blueprint. Right. So now I got the blueprint on how to teach college. If you have an education air force, how to do it on active duty. I did it for 16 years on active duty. I got the blueprint on how you become an entrepreneur because I went and opened doors for other people and sat in rooms very uncomfortably, uncomfortable. To, to learn and to 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 be sometimes disappointed, so sometimes be humiliated, to sometimes uh, be told you can't. So I can ultimately succeed. So I can turn around and say you ain't gotta do all that. Yes. So 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 yeah. So you should you should be looking to monetize everything because all you're doing is creating more playbooks. And the more playbooks you have, is the more plays you can run. And the more plays you can run, the more t- chances you got to score and be a champion. Yes. It's like this generation, they're so caught up in getting getting the bag, securing the bag, multiple streams of income and getting it fast. And in certain conversations, it's one of those like that that definitely should be the mindset. Right. But there's there's certain things that come with that. If you don't know how to do something or you're not proficient in something before you go that far. Right. Or to even put your services out there or or if that's the drive, make sure that you know what you're doing. (laughs) <laughs> and it's okay if there's certain things where it's like until I figure this out, I'm gonna double dab or I'm going to, you know, do a trial and error thing. But it's a it's that that mindset of like I gotta have multiple streams of income. You want me to do this? I I have to do this, and it has to be, you know, monetized. And it's like man, don't miss the lesson in it, or don't miss like owning that craft. Yeah, because that's important as well with your product. And that was super important what you just said, right? We say so. I don't, I don't want nobody to miss what Key just said. When we should monetize everything. Don't go into everything looking for the bag as soon as you show up, right? Sometimes that bag is the knowledge. Right. Sometimes sometimes that bag is, you know, it's just, man, being allowed to sit and just learn and observe. And don't put no time limit on your observation. Right. Don't sit there and be like, well, I've been here two weeks, so well, when I'm getting put in the game, coach, well, you, you're not ready yet. Right. And be and be and be and don't be afraid to accept that kind of feedback. You're not ready yet. And yes. and guess what? I just want you to sit here and I want you to watch. 
but I'll tell you when you're ready and I ain't holding you back. Trust me, I'm not holding you back. I'm not trying to hold you. You know when somebody holding you back yes. and when right. somebody's trying to really put you in. And, I, and so I always tell people, you want to go in and break your leg and never had an opportunity or you want me to prepare you yes. when you can go to the next level? Because if you just want to go in there and break your leg, then I, I, I can just sit back and let you go in there and break your leg. Right. <laughs> right. Somebody <laughs> saying, wait. They're not hating on you. They, you're not hating on me. You and, no, and I always ask people, what kind of bag you want? Yes. Do you want a plastic bag? You want a brown bag? Or do you want a Louis bag? What bag are you trying yes. to get? Because according to what bag you're trying to get, I need to know because that's the level of effort you're going to have to put in this. And that's the level of mindset that you're going to have to change yourself into. Yes. Because you can be short-sighted and you can just have your little plastic two-cent bag from the grocery store. And that bag come fast. And it's so important too because that first step it can make or break you in whatever industry you decide to go in. Because that first step, I'd much rather <laughs> I was listening to an interview with Rick Ross. He said, I don't I don't want to move fast, I want to move correctly. And that yeah. first step is so important. So sometimes you're absolutely right. Taking a correct first step in time is so much more important than taking a fast first step. Yeah. Absolutely. The thing is, I mean. I've been doing this for two and a half years and I'm still a startup. I'm still, I'll be, you know what? Interview me in two and a half years. And you know what yeah. I call myself? A startup. A <laughs> startup. Because, because this is a, this is not a short game. And if you want to yeah. be in a, if you want to be in a short game, I tell people have at it. But if you want to be in the long game, the long game is what this country is built off of. The long game is building an industry. It's being a part of an industry. The long game it's not that I'm trying to even get there, but the long game is somebody started and all of a sudden they had a name on the building 20 years later. That's the long game. The long game is where do you see yourself in the end of this race? And if you're in business, the end of your race should be either selling your company or leaving your company for generational uh, wealth. And if you can't do those two things, then you're just you're just you're just existing in business. You're the, you know, so, and that's where every business owner, I tell them, I don't care how, what, if your business is crocheting blankets, I don't care what it is. You should see yourself at a point, because guess what? Martha Stewart started somewhere. Martha Stewart didn't start as Martha Stewart, right? right. So, so if you thinking, I just crocheted blankets today, guess what? Your crocheted blankets can be picked up by Kate Spade or whoever. And then now you become a whole brand. You know, Damon John didn't know that the FUBU hat that he sold in his kitchen of his mom, his mom's kitchen, that all of a sudden LL Cool J wore on stage one day that would blew up into a multi-billion dollar brand. He didn't know that, but he saw the vision for it, you know, because he could have went on a corner and had a corner board where his helmet had been hood rich. (laughs) But he said, nah, I'm going to stand on this stage and get LL Cool J. The dude in the 90s who wear hats and everybody yeah. knows was an iconic hat wear. If I can get this dude to put this sewn FUBU hat on, we in the game. Yes. Nobody wore Nikes. Let's think about this for a second. Nobody wore Nikes in the 80s right. until Nike changed its business model to have who? Michael Jordan, right. super yeah. athlete, start wearing the game. Nobody wore Nikes. Right. Name a person who don't wear Nikes now. Right. If you play the short, if you play the short game, you're going to be in a short money. Are you going to be in a short achievement? It's not all about money. Um, you know, people people you know look at me and ask me like, why do you wear you know like, oh, you got your own clothing brand? No, I don't have my own clothing brand. This is my uniform. Yes. I, I own a business, so if I'm going to be out 
I'm wearing my own business brand. Free advertisement. Yes. Why, why would I come on your show with Nike on? I don't want Nike. Nike. I want yeah. Courageous Leadership Alliance. <laughs> come on. Come on. Come on. Just Nike. Not I love it. I love it. Mm. I think so. One last nugget before we move on to this, this business mindset. I think a lot of people misconstrue starting a business mm -hmm. and working for yourself. I think there's a significant difference because working for yourself is creating a job where you have to do something. If your job is, let's say, I became, I made a uh, shadow boxes. I created a job for myself because if I'm not making shadow boxes, I'm not getting paid. But when you start a business, that business, the whole goal is to have it operate and make you something, make you money, pass on your family, generational wealth without you having to be there. Create a business that works for you. Don't have something that works. Yeah, Don't create a job. Absolutely. Because a business should eventually become passive income. Yes. And and I mean, because the thing is, I mean, creating a business is hard. Entrepreneurship yes. is hard. And the things people don't see is, you know, I will tell you, not that I didn't work as a chief. I don't want anybody to think chiefs don't work. <laughs> but I definitely, definitely work more hours yep. in my business than I ever worked during a duty day. Mm-hmm. And and I and I'm okay with that. I'm okay with the five o'clock in the morning and it's seven thirty at night tonight. And then I'm gonna go, you know, grade papers because I still teach college online after this, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm I'm okay with having all those things I have to do because it's more reward. I'm gonna say it's more rewarding to me. It's a different type of reward. It hit different, chief. It hit different. It, hit different. it does. <laughs> it does. And some of these young ones, they see you today, and I'm like, don't look at his chapter twenty one. Even though for your startup brand this is year two i was like but the dues that he paid where he sit up here and he he honed that craft and there's certain things like you said like that it's certain there's certain talents that you have that is going to come with life and it may come with you when you are working for someone else yeah. but don't look at his chapter two for this book and not you know not hold on go back on that shelf and look at the dues that he paid that 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 assisted him when he that that was the foundation once he, you know, went into this chapter, I'm like, man, go back and read. Yep. Walk in on his chapter 21 and, and you think, okay, he's doing this right now. This is his chapter two. I'm doing this with my, this my, no. And even if it was, everybody's journey is different. Everybody's journey is different. And I don't, yes. you know, I walk around and I walk around and I'm, and I'm a very curious person, but I don't ever walk around with any envy, you know, like mm -hmm. I'm just, I'm curious. And I'm like, and when I see someone who's doing something great, it doesn't matter if it's in my industry or whatever. I'm so I'm like a super cheerleader of that. I'm just so I'm I'm weirdly fascinated with people like that. They they think I'm really weird because I'll come up and just be like, man, I'm so impressed with you. I'm that is just so awesome. And I don't care. I mean, like, man, you turned this thing. One of my friends just started a hobby wood shopping thing about you know, 10 years ago, and he was just hobby wood shopping when he was in the military. Now that guy is literally making probably six times what he made in the military. Oh, like ridiculous. But but he but I just I just get so impressed with people who can think beyond the the, the 10 meters in front of them. It's just it's super impressive. Yes. All right, what we got next, Keith? Right. So next up, do you need to have a credible brand before you can monetize it? Yeah, people need to know they can trust you. And let me tell you, I'm gonna be short on this one, and because uh, I know we answered some long questions. <laughs> I, in business, there will be ups and downs, and that's just part of business, right? And and I will tell people to read as many business books. Your next five moves is a great book if you're interested in entrepreneurship. It's a great book. Um, talks about business strategy and stuff, and 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 it's just got a great examples. 
But I will tell you, your brand, your credibility is your brand. And, and it goes back to the last question. I've dealt with, you know, in anyone, right? People go and get shortchanged in all kinds of businesses. You hire people. We've all hired people for our homes or our grass or whatever we have hired people for. And they just didn't do what we want them to do, right? And you have never called those people back, right? So they lost you and maybe five to 10 customers because if they were extra good and extra on it, yes, you would refer them. That's just like going, when I had hair, you know, whenever I PCS, I would go to a barbershop. You know, you got to try out two, three barbers before you find right. that guy. Nerve-wracking. Right? That's nerve-wracking, but I got you. <laughs> yeah. And, and then you find that guy. And then once you find him, you ain't going to know. I don't care right. who else tell you anything in the city. And I know just for key, you probably can relate to. Yes. I, I had all girls in my house and we PCS and trying to find a hairdresser was yes. literally the most important thing on the agenda. Who does Absolutely. hair in this city? Right. So absolutely. So I would tell you about so what long story short, credibility is everything because you might think you get over on somebody by shortchanging or lessening your service, not bringing mm -hmm. your A game. You're you're slowly eroding your credibility where your brand now becomes you ain't you know, you your brand becomes a ceiling that you will never come because you still may be some people have blinders and they still getting customers because yes. just because that barber can't cut hair that well. You still got people coming into the shop. Yes. You know, it's still customers, but he don't have the potential to have his business where it can be. Yes. Because let's think if one out of three customers coming in going, I ain't coming back and then telling three people. Right. Then, then he's <laughs> rolling his business. So do you have to have a credible brand? Absolutely. You got to understand that your brand has to be true, authentic and, and, and who you are and something that you can. And if you want to fake your brand, you better be an Oscar winning actor because you're going to have to fake that for the rest of your life. Right. So your brand has to be who you are, what you're going to deliver and, and about your word, because the minute you start monetizing anything, it's a different type of credibility. People, I don't care if it's your friend, you right. do something for me for free for two years. And now all of a sudden I want to support you because you got a business. Right. I, I have expectations when I give you this money. Right. Right. <laughs> I mean, if, if you if you cater in my event, because I just had a friend call me about this same thing. If you cater in my event and I'm paying you to cater event, it don't matter if we know each other. I say my event started at 2.30. You show up at 2.37. Oh, no. No, baby. <laughs> no. So, no. So, so, you're, so now all of a sudden, I don't care if we're friends or not, we can go hang out, but I ain't ever, 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 ever hiring you again. Right. So your credibility has to be consistency. So and your credibility has to be who you are. So you don't don't ever think of charging one penny before you know you can deliver an industry standard product. Because right. I've I'm just telling you, just to be honest, I've lost an obscene amount of money in 2021 um, learning this lesson the hard way. Because because um, I'm the person if you come to me and I'm gonna take you by you and it doesn't change the way I deal with people. And that's another thing. If you come to me today and you look me in the face and you say, this is what I can do for you. This is what I can deliver. I'm going to hold you to that. I'm, I'm, I'm going to say, okay, because that's just who I am. I'd rather lose money sometimes, <laughs> and, and especially if you come with a little vet in it, somebody has vetted you. Say, hey, okay. this person um, is, and then if I ask you, hey, this is what you do. Yeah, this is what I want. This is what we agree on, and I'm going to pay you, and I'm always going to pay you. And then you don't deliver, then 
then what, no, what's, what's, what's the issue? You know, you don't deliver because I'd rather you come to me and go, this is what I would like to do. My skills, I'm building my skills in it, but I would love to do this and I would love to work with you. I still may pay you. I just may not pay you an industry salary, <laughs> but I may pay you for the skill set that you're bringing. I may pay you as an intern. Yes. And then I might give you the platform, the resources, and the access to the rooms to grow your skills. Yes. But your credibility has to be honest. But I see people, um, where people make the biggest mistake is they go out and they they sell they sell a product that they can't they can't deliver. Yes. Yeah. All right. I love it. All right. Are we gonna uh, speed this up with my long answers here? <laughs> All right. I love it. Uh, so next question for you, Chief. Well, uh, what is the importance of an LLC? Be very quick on this one. It's just to protect, right? Protection of yourself. A lot of people get LLCs and don't know why they get LLC, right? So different types of LLCs. I'm not a financial guy, so I won't go into all of that. But I would tell you, do your research. Um, LLC for me is, you know, more more so protect me from my, you know, if someone was to sue me, they'll be suing Courageous Leadership Alliance and it protect. They may take every dime Courageous Leadership Alliance has but they can't touch my personal assets, my house, anything that's in my Todd Simmons name. So that's the importance of an LLC, especially if you have something with a, a, a large liable thing, like you're doing construct, you're doing something where someone can come back at you pretty, pretty quick. It's good to kind of separate those entities, the LLC away from um, your personal assets. So that's the, that's the kind of in a nutshell of why I would say an LLC is important. I about to say the digital world where like, let's say if you have a name, if your name is, I love balloons. And let's say that's your, your catchphrase, your name, and you have a, you start up a YouTube channel or you have certain digital products that you have and you don't have an LLC and someone comes and gets one and they start putting that out there. And so that buzz follows that name. And then they start telling you, like you said on that legal side where they're like, you can't use this name anymore. Or if you want to, um, I think the biggest thing for that digital world that is booming, that's big, is that LLC protects that brand, so to speak. Well, and your so yeah, your LLC and your trademark. So you got to, it's yes. a lot of, it's a lot of things that go along with that, right? LLCs, I tell people LLC is probably a minimum, a minimal thing you do. And it's the easiest thing. So you got to look at trademarking your stuff. You got to look at and you just can't trademark one thing, right? You got to look at trademarking everything, right? You can't, you got to trademark that sweatshirt you got on. Like nobody <laughs> can put that. I mean, so I'm going through that process right now, right? And trademarking mm -hmm. so many things. I'm even, you know. It's much longer than LLC. Yeah, I'm trademarking. Yeah. I'm trademarking furniture I ain't made yet. I might want to go CLA on some couches. So, you know, who knows? So, but you got to really understand. And there's a lot of resources out there. And for those veterans who are listening the biggest resource is the VA gives us all this free training, like for free. And even for the active duty there, you know, take advantage of those boost the business classes that's on bases and stuff. You'll learn. And, and even, even there, there, go read, just pick up a book about business. There's, I mean, let's see your next five moves, but you just got to understand if you're going to, I see some nice logos out there yeah. and it's a nice logos. It's not trademarked and anybody can go out there and just take your logo and go, well, I, nice logo. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. Yeah, the chances, uh, you, you, the chances of that happening is low, but but you still want to you still want to protect yourself. I tell people this is don't run a hobby shop, run a business. 
You about to get me into talking about uh, NFTs and whatnot with the with the uh, with the trademarking, but I would want to say two things before we move on past LLC. So the two L's in LLC stands for limited liability. So that's what Chief was mm-hmm. talking about as far as protection. Um, be careful you're not doing anything that's going to pierce the veil of the protection of the LLC. And the second part, two types of LLCs that come to mind are sole propriety or sole ownership. That's when you own it by yourself or a partnership. So you can go into a partnership with someone in LLC, but that needs to be clearly outlined in the documentation and paperwork and how the percentages are going to break up. Next question. <laughs> and be, be, just be your, use a lawyer with partnerships. That's all I'll say. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> all right. So what was your journey with your company, Chief? What was your journey with? Oh, my bad. This is Keith's question. I'm jumping on. It's my okay. bad, Keith. Okay, anyway, go ahead, Keith. Go ahead, you got it. <laughs> I got a little back. Your company. Uh, I don't. I mean, so 2019, when I decided to retire, I actually, you know, did a lot of stuff in the background for about seven months. I went out, and you know, my company was born on a napkin inside of a. To be honest, just totally, totally transparent. I no need to start lying now, right? So my, my company, my company's name and strategy was written on the back of a napkin at a cigar bar. Uh, so. Between me and a friend, a good close friend, and uh, we kind of mapped out the name of my company. I texted it to a few friends and said, "This is what I'm trying to name my company. What do you guys think?" Everybody's like, "Oh, that's awesome!" And you know, like CL. Then we came up with CLA. Kind of it shortens it, and so that was the journey. Then I just you know went and got all my stuff that we we're talking about. Got my LLC before I retired. I got everything. My social media. I just basically went and got everything in place for when I was going to retire. And then a month after I retired, I launched it. And then COVID happened and didn't make any money for six months. So, um, so you know, but it was it was a it was a little bit of a blessing in the skies to be able to sit in my house for four or five months. Not COVID. That was horrible for what happened to folks and being sick and, and and how many people we lost. But for me, I sat in the house for a long time and I just figured out what are my skill sets and what can I monetize. I'm a teacher, so let me let me and I'm a curriculum writer and I'm a curriculum designer. So I started designing virtual courses. And I designed virtual courses. I started giving them away for free, right? You guys sometimes give stuff away for free. And I started because credibility, right? I gave a lot of stuff away for free. It caught a buzz. And I went out there. And the next thing you know, it was like three months later, we were selling 15, 17 virtual courses a month to, corp- to, to everyone. And, and from there, once COVID kind of, we just transformed into partnerships. So I just stayed, stayed on LinkedIn and LinkedIn with a lot of people and, and there we got a partnership with, you know, a couple of certification companies. We got into coaching. And then I started hiring people. So the journey of my company just was like, you know, no matter what the circumstances, we'll try it. We'll try it not once. We'll try it twice. We have tried a lot of things that have worked. We've tried things that didn't work. We invested money in the master classes and we had fairly good turnout, but it was a lot of work with a lot, a lot of return on investment. So the journey of the company is that we're courageous and we'll try anything. We're having fun while we do it because the alternative is um, you can be, you can be risk adverse and, and, and be, a, and be afraid to try something. That one thing we try may be the million dollar idea. Cool. So, awesome. so we're excited. I love it. Um, so for anyone else that's watching, uh, that going back to the, the journey of the company, for anyone that's watching out there that's considering starting a company or starting a business or an LLC, my advice to anyone is always three things, right? So if you're thinking about starting, whether it's in uh, sales, whether it's in uh, internet or uh, networking, branding, whatever, if you have an idea in your mind that you want to turn into a business, three things I always tell people to do. One, get an LLC, right? Two, get a uh, EIN 
or a tax ID number and yeah. three, get a business account with somebody because that establishes business history. So with yeah. business history for about two, two years of business histories, whatever they is the minimum, typically they require for you to start getting business loans, business credit cards. So you start those three things. Even if you don't do anything with it, just put some money in that account every month or so. And that establishes your business history. So you can move when you're ready to make bigger moves, you can get a business credit card and things like that off my soapbox. <laughs> A lot of things have, a lot of things have that two year rule too, especially when dealing with the federal government and a lot of different things. People don't realize you can't even become a vendor for a lot of things unless you've been in business two years. Yes. And, um, and that was part of my strategic kind of view of starting my business. And I didn't do anything with it. I just nope. needed to have it in name yes. before I retired because I knew the clock was starting on the two years. You can't become a uh, Air Force cool or Army cool vendor. Until oh, wow. you, you can't be, you can't become a vendor until you've been two years. You can't apply yeah. for 8A and HUD zone and all of these different designations mm -hmm. until you've been in business a certain amount of time. And so a lot of people will don't understand. That's why I say read as many things as you can yes. because it's a lot of rules because you can get out there and have the best business idea and be in the best industry and, and looking to do this. And you'll go, you know, certain things are not afforded to me yet because I don't have a I, this LLC, uh, no, that's not yeah. going to do anything for you. You got to sometimes have a little bit of uh, longevity in the game before certain people will even allow mm -hmm. you. To do so that was the biggest lesson I learned because I I got my designate some designations that I needed. I mean, I mean, I got it right on time. I mean, just some timing things that happened for me that I'm really happy I I, I kind of leaped forward and did these things. I love the nuggets. I, I love the nuggets. Also, uh, one last part before you move forward. Put that LLC on your taxes. There's two ways you can put the LLC on your taxes. I'm not going to go into detail about that, but get that LLC's name on your taxes. Even if you're not making any money, you don't have to claim any uh, profits for the first few years you own a business. I want to say it's, you have three years to not claim or claim a negative profit. Get that on your taxes. That all helps later on. Like Chief was mentioning, that all helps. It establishes in day zero. All right. My bad. <laughs> it's your turn. <laughs> All right. So this next question we have for you, Chief, is uh, why do you go to the AFA and ask the PAC? Um, and do you feel a little bit out of place because now you're retired? Man, it's going to sound real bad. I don't, feel, <laughs> I, don't feel, I don't feel out of place at all. I feel great. <laughs> yeah, the retirement feels like great. It's like they breathe a little easier. <laughs> they look they a walk little a little taller. <laughs> I'm just gonna, like, I'm not even. I'm not even gonna lie, man. The oxygen is oxygen is much better. <laughs> that's how it comes off, and I'm like, you know, you know what? I, I've always, you know, especially AFSA. I've been a part of AFSA for a long time, and I used to always go to AFSA packs and stuff, especially as a command chief and stuff. And it always feel, you know, and just be honest with you, I had a lot of response. I used to speak at AFSA pack a lot. I had a lot of responsibilities and. This, I was always something was always on in my mind, and that's the biggest change that I saw. So for for me, um, I I do a lot. So I do a lot of different things, right, in my company. Then I and then I also consult. So part of me going to AFSAPAC now and AFA is a, a couple of universities that I consult for. It's really why I go, right? I'm still there. But the other piece of me is I st I, I don't really typically go and stay the whole conference. Um, you know, I, I don't do that. And I don't really try to make myself. So this, this is to be the honest truth. There's 2,800 chiefs in the Air Force. And I'm not trying to be the 2,835, you know, 36 chief. So I'm really cognizant now when I go to AFSAPAC that, you know, just to be honest, this last AFSAPAC, I didn't go to any of the dinners at night. 
Not that I didn't want to support any of those things, but I didn't really have a role or anything to go there. And I don't need, I don't want to take a, my chief experience was seven years and it was awesome. I don't want to be around trying to take away from chiefs who are still active duty because people know me and I'm trying to be the center of attention or, or not trying to be the center of attention, but I'm, I'm taking attention. Not that I'm anybody special, but I just, I just felt like I came to AFSAPAC for a completely different reason in AFA this year than I did the previous five or six years. This year, I was in the role as a civilian consultant for you know military outreach of university. So did I know people? Did I mingle during the day, during the day when we were all in the conference area? Did I speak at a couple of breakouts? Yeah. At night, I disappeared. Because you know it, it was okay. So do do I do I feel out of place? Absolutely not. I I I absolutely love it because another thing is wow. you know I get to talk to people differently. Yes. Not that I was being fake in uniform at all, but it's just no. I don't have any. I don't. I'm not worried about the ninety thousand things that I was worried about then to have these conversations. And I'm not too busy, or I'm not walking around like, oh, I got to go to this. I got to go to that. I got to go to this. I didn't disappear from the venue. There was a lot of people who said, hey, you know, I'll be I'll be down by the pool or I'll be over by the cigar bar, you know, so you can come if you want to hang out. I'll be down there. But, yeah, you know, I don't feel out of place at all. I look I'm looking forward to after pack in San Antonio this year. I'm like, I can't, can't wait. Y'all that's listening in, you can't see like it was like his smile got bigger. <laughs> Like a little smirk with it, if you could not see it, man. Okay, so here we go. Where do you see yourself in the next five years with your company? Next five years, honestly, where I would like to be is I would like to be settled in the business, and I would like to have a nonprofit arm expand. Well, we don't have official nonprofit, but we're we're giving scholarships now. I would have to have a nonprofit that really starts courageous scholars, is what I want to call it, and. And really, uh, really, honestly, in five years, I would love to have someone who's running my business and I'm just in the nonprofit side. Yes. I would, you know, in five years, I would love to be doing enough revenue to fully employ people. In five years, I would like to be um, having a sustainable business plan and strategy that lasts 25 years that that, you know, in 10 years I can be not in it. And it's just, right. you know, and, and, and just be gone about my business, but something that really lasts beyond me. So in five years, I want to have I want to be sitting in an office where everything around me can happen without me. Right. Creating a business, not a not a job. I love it. I love it. All right. Next question we got. Are you in, are you in business with your wife or why or why not? Well, technically, no. Uh, and, and but technically, yes. So technically, no, because, you know, this, you know, I um um. You know, this this is the business that I started and the passion that I have. And my wife has mm -hmm. plenty of things, but we're we you know, we was we was counting up jobs we have today, honestly, in the office when she came home. Like we, mm -hmm. you know, she teaches yoga all over the country, all over the world, actually. And then she's a full-time um GS employee in contracting at Walter Reed and does it. But she is, she's she's on my books as my CFO. So so yes and no. So she's a chief financial officer of Career's Leadership Alliance. So anybody who knows that. Ever, ever received an invoice from us, it has her name on it. Anybody who's ever received a payment from us has, you know, anybody who has ever paid me, know they pay her. So, yes. you know, so so she, she all the taxes, all of that. My daughter's an accountant. So 
Yeah. So, you know, so yes and no. Now, you know, yes, in the form of the business is successful because I don't have to pay her. (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) You know, because I mean, we have to pay a full, no, no, but no, she, so she does. Right. So, and then it's more of a, um, I would say she's kind of my, my chief operating officer and chief financial officer, but she doesn't do chief operating officer, but the person I kind of bounce every decision off of, I'm like, Hey, I'm about to go take this. I'm about to go do this this thing, and and uh, it's going to be costly, and it's going to be a risk, and I don't know if we're going to lose everything that we put into it. But let's go see. <laughs> so for those for those watching, depending on what state you're at, so even if you're not officially in business with your spouse, your spouse is kind of in business with you. <laughs> so it depends on what state you're at. So just be mindful if you start a business after you're married, your spouse does have ownership rights to that business yes so and 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 she and i did it official right so she does i mean you know i i've grown this thing with her so you know and and it's been really late nights when there was nobody before it was anybody else before it was any anybody else on my website it was just us (laughs) awesome all right so what type of certification should someone take to develop courses like you do. And so this actually came out on, on the um, the Apple podcast side. And so in the dialogue I could kind of see in there, it gave me, it gave, it kind of spoke to me as well, where unless active duty military, unless Air Force, unless you are, um, you have a job where you can take the course to write curriculum, you kind you don't, there isn't, we don't have that type of avenue Unless you tell us something else that we don't know, so, so then it's hey, well, what do we, what should we be taking for that? Then most of mine had nothing to do with the Air Force. Like again, you you hear me repeat this over and over again. Walk into rooms that you believe that you don't belong into. They're not going to let you into, and that it's just off limits to you, right? So when I was a mm-hmm. tech sergeant, I went to the education office to turn in my education records for something back then, and I saw a flyer that said. We're hiring a criminal justice instructor for Central Texas College, which is a two-year school. So I asked the girl, took the flyer down. I said, hey, I'm, a, I'm an E6 and tech sergeant. And, I, and she said, oh, I said, what do you got to have to do? She said, you got to have a bachelor's degree. And I'm like, well, I graduated my bachelor's degree like three months ago. And she said, she said, so what I, and she, this girl was, and this is again, I could have passed. I could have thought in my mind, I could have told myself a story that she wasn't going to take me serious. Right. She sat there and she said, oh, I'll help you put your record. This is all you got to do. Let me send you a copy of somebody who applied before. So I had no idea how to teach a class. I applied and I got hired and I taught my first class as a tech surgeon. Mm-hmm. And, and then from there, I was like, I don't know what to do. And then it was another guy, University of Maryland on base, because I was at Yokota Air Base Japan. Mm-hmm. I went over there because Maryland had a huge campus. And I said, you know, I asked a question. I said, I'm teaching over at Central Texas, which is a rival school. And I said, I'm looking, can I sit in your class and watch you teach? And I sat in this guy's class and watched him teach. And then I asked, hey, can you teach me how to do a lesson plan? Hey, can you teach me how to write? You know, how do you do this? And then I started learning on my own. And I started mm-hmm. going buying those things. And I got, I was a master's and got an opportunity to work in security forces training. So what I did is I just perfected my military job of how oh. I want, you know, I was teaching CPR class and I'll teach the best CPR class you ever see because that's what I tell people. It doesn't matter what your job is. Go to the Red Cross and say, I want to teach CPR classes. Fine. And then once I started working with other universities, they started giving you these opportunities, curriculum design courses. And, they, and this would be, it'd be volunteer opportunity. They go, 
hey, we got enough and some seats in this curriculum design course. Do you want to get in? I'm like, absolutely. I just took one like three months ago with, with a school that I'm working with right now. I always try to, you know, learn something about this stuff because if you can do your own, it's like it's like being a, a builder and you can cut your own trees and cut your own lumber. Just think about how you have just owned the game if you can you can make your own lumber. So if I can teach courses, create the content create the coursework, know how to teach it, know how to give assessments. It's, it's a game changer. So what, what certification should you take? I think you should be looking out there for ISD, Instructional System Design Courses. If your base ever allows you to go do ISD, go do it. If you get allowed to take uh, any kind of instructor certification, take it. If you get the opportunity to go be an MRT, take it. It's about reps. So anything that you can do to get your reps up, I tell people, what do you think? Look, I was a, my first time getting on stage as a command chief. I was terrified. Then, really? No way. No way. Yes. Really? I used to be terrified to speak at ALS graduations as a, as a squadron chief. Terrified, like nervous. Totally transparent to your audience. When I got to Air University, the first speaking engagement I had was Senior NCO Academy graduation. I was in the bathroom vomiting. Really? Yes. What? And it, and so what I had to do from there is I I remember going back to my office and told my exec, sign me up for anything anybody want me to speak because I had to get the reps. I had okay. to get the, I had to get the reps. It's not that I, I I was used to speaking to smaller audiences, security forces, mm-hmm. classrooms. I'm 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 I can have thirty people in my class and be good at that. But I wasn't used to that level of pressure. So the only way that I could do it is I got to get reps. And and a year and a half later, I remember I spoke at the largest audience I ever spoke at was 5,000 people. And I remember I walked out, and this is a year and a half later, and I closed the book of the binder I had, and I just walked into the middle of the soccer stadium and started speaking because I wanted to test myself. So it's about reps. So what certifications? It's not necessarily a certification. It's about going out there, finding every opportunity for whatever goal you have to be better at it. You're not going to be you're not going to be good at anything without reps. You know, you know, Black just said he came from basketball practice. If you didn't have practice, this is what his thing you said for the rest of the season, we're not going to practice. Sure, <laughs> you go to game and we got this. We ain't winning no games. <laughs> we winning no games. It's about no. practice. It's about practice. It's about getting your head in the game. But if you want to talk about certifications, all those ISDs, coaching certifications, anything that gives you the reps to do what you do. Got it. All right. Next. All one. right. So next one we got. I, I don't want anybody thinking I'm still out here balling. I'm just helping coach. That's what I do. I'm with my knees set up. I just help a coach. Because <laughs> you better go come and say, all right, yeah. come on. Ball is still life. I wear Nike socks in my uniform just in case anybody wanna get crossed up in the name of freedom out here. But <laughs> I'm not on the court like that. Uh, right, next question for you, Chief. Why is LinkedIn important? You know, LinkedIn is important. And I'm, I really I keep saying I'm gonna try to keep this short, but you know, LinkedIn is important <laughs> because it, it builds a different audience. It builds that audience behind the doors of the room you're trying to get into. If you can meet these people on the street and in, at the car wash in the grocery store, then you don't need LinkedIn. I applaud you. But most of, us, most of us don't know who these people are, and we're not meeting these people in our industries in the grocery store consistently, in the car wash consistently, on the street consistently. So LinkedIn um, 
LinkedIn is, is a great opportunity to really, you control your network that you want to build. So if you want to be in person, if you're a person else and you want to go into um, HR and executive support, then guess what? You can go out there and look at everybody with a SHRM certification. These are people who are serious about the business. They're in SHRM, they're in HR, they're doing a lot of this stuff. And you can really connect with these people. And if you connect with one person who wants to let you in on the secret or in the room, then success has been had. And I, and like I tell people, my business has been successful in a couple of areas. The biggest success I have had in 2021 came from a LinkedIn connection of a guy who met me on LinkedIn and say, hey, quote unquote, I see you're doing similar things to my company. We would love to talk to you. And after that conversation and talking to him, he was a VP. And another week later, talking to the executive VP and another week later, talking to the CEO of the company, within a month and a half, I was signing a deal to be their first ever authorized training partner. And I never met any of these people in person, only on Zoom. And, and, I, and I became their first authorized training partner. They have 14 authorized training partners now, and we are the largest. All from a connection on LinkedIn. So you won't tell me when people when people tell me, well, I ain't got to worry about LinkedIn. LinkedIn is not important for me right now. I just tell them that my first and second biggest revenue stream came from LinkedIn from people I have never met. So I love it. So LinkedIn isn't Facebook. LinkedIn is about creating. So I want to visualize if you can if you can drive down the major highway of any city that you're in. And you look at all these skyscrapers on the interstate and you look at all these names on the side of the buildings, Deloitte and all of these big names. And you go, how do I get in that building? You're not. You get in the building through LinkedIn. Mm. That's how you get in that building. If you ever think about, oh, man, how do I get into Google, that building that's on the highway? I get in through LinkedIn. Go look up everybody who works for Google. Go look at everybody. And just, hey, be honest about what your intentions are. Yes. Hey. I'm in the military. I'm thinking about transitioning in the next couple of years. I believe this is the sector that I'm going to go into. Um, I see that you are in this particular sector. Also, would you be open to connecting? Yes. If one person gives you that opportunity, you have won. Right. The younger one, get on LinkedIn. And I, it was one of those, like, I don't know why I need it, but I'm going to get on there because. And it's about being sincere and genuine, right? Don't go out there and do it. Don't you know, connect, you know, go out to 100 people and be like, I need your help. Right. Get me a job. There's a LinkedIn, there's, I call it a LinkedIn language that you have to have also, yes. right? And, and, and you should never be asking for anything immediately after you hit connect with anybody. Right. Yeah, you shouldn't be like, oh, I need a job. Can you hook me up? Like, <laughs> right. No, there's there is YouTube University. There is Pinterest. I went on Pinterest and I got the LinkedIn cheat sheet because I was like, what do I need? Just real quick. And they have so many actual like classes and like that that professional development on the the civilian sector where I'm like, man, I want to see the do my talents like translate on that side outside of this one lingo yeah. that we have military. and linkedin gives military people linkedin premium for free yes. for a year most people don't know that and that's like that's like a five or six hundred dollar it is free benefit linkedin premium. and with linkedin yes. premium you can go to linkedin learning so it's not just about connecting linkedin yes. learning has endless amount of course so that last question about 
Where can I go get certifications? And they don't even give you badges and certificates if that's what you're right, in. But at the end of the day, they have tons of short courses that you can go get trained on so many business things, so many soft skills, so many different things. So that's that's a free a free resource to you to go um, learn some. I'm on LinkedIn. I do one LinkedIn learning course every day, Monday through Friday. First time I just sit here and I'll drink my tea and only be a 12, 25 minute course. And I'll sit here and I look I learn something new every day. Okay, let's go ahead. We're gonna go to this next one right here. <laughs> all right, all right, Chief. The next one we got for you said, My friends aren't into my side hustle business. Should I get new friends? Should I get new ones? No, I think you talked about this a little bit during the last session, but yeah, I guess yeah. it's quite no, more. If, if, if my friend, if my you know, if my, if my friend's allergic to peanuts, then I shouldn't expect him to buy my bread. <laughs> oh, nice. You, you, you know what I'm saying? I mean, I shouldn't be mad at him. He ain't gonna buy him a brittle. And if my friend just don't like, um, if they just not into, you know, listening to uh, leadership books, don't buy mine. Mm-hmm. You know, so so I, I don't think so. I don't think your friends need to be into your side hustle. I think there's a level of support that's expected in a true friendship. Yes. And that doesn't always come with a monetary support, right? Uh, that comes with some honesty, right? You got a brain. So if you're really my friend, I would want it. I would hope that you would see if I'm doing something well, that you would tell me I'm doing it well. And if I'm doing something not so well, you would be like, hey, man, you know, you might want to watch that right there. You might want to. Hey, I saw this. I had a friend call me today and just to tell me you know, that, that that not just to tell me he was talking. He said, hey, one thing is when I saved your website, the name came up weird. Oh, man. Thank you. You, you know, hey, I, I didn't know that. You know, you know, so so that's something that I have my web about. So that doesn't mean he bought anything from me. I don't think he bought anything from me. But 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 if you have a friend, you should have support. And, yes. if, and if your friends aren't supporting you, have a that, yeah. I, mean, I don't even think it needs to be a conversation. They're just identifying who they are. And, yeah. You know, so 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 I mean. I'm just being real. I'm just like, cause it, cause it doesn't have to, I don't, I don't require anybody. I don't look in my sales tracker and go, mm-hmm. which one of my friends didn't buy my book? I don't, that's, that's, that's not. And I never asked my friends. I don't have an obligation of my friends with businesses to retain my services. Don't have any of those obligations. I don't even pay attention to it. But do what I do expect is my friends to be honest with me. Yes. I, I expect you not to ignore what I'm doing. Cause right. that's not a friendship, right? I mean, mm-hmm. like we don't ignore each other. Just you know, you don't just don't go. If you have a friend and you and know you're into something and they never talk about it, never ask you about it, they never even ask you how it's gone or how you are doing and everything is good, then you know that's that's interesting. Yes, it's this generation because they think that that whole like that hustle mentality and loyalty, loyalty to them is whatever my friend is doing. We all going to hold them down in a certain way. I had to let them know, like, for me, it is a, if my friend is at a store and, and somebody's like, oh, I need a journal. Oh, Kiana, you do da, 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 da. Hey, so they connect you that way. Or just that yeah. piece of like, I need to escape. Or they, they just look at your page. And again, because they're not a part of it and they see it, this just didn't look right. It just gives you that different type of perspective or feedback. But I'm like, man, loyalty is not tied to, they have to do this. Yeah, it's not. It's it, not it, like it, that. Um, but in reality, man, your circle, and when I say your circle, because your circle is not always your friends. 
Right. Your, your circle has to be your, the people who you are moving with. The people who you are moving with, they have they have to support you, or or they can't be in your circle. Because you can't, because you know it's the difference. My friends and my friends, right? My circle of business, my circle of people who I say we we say we moving together. This is where we're going. There's a little compromise there. Because if, if that's where we're, if that's where we say we're going, then we're gone. Either we're gone or I'm gone. You make the choice. We all in this shit together. We need everybody rolling in the same direction. You go throw us all off if you're rolling backwards. Yeah, you can't be rolling backwards in this circle. I mean, we, we got to go. So it is a difference. So there's different. So I won't say that everybody doesn't have any expectation. There, there are different expectations for people. There's people who say, this is where I buy into it. This is where we're going together. Let's roll. Then there's an expectation that you're going you're gonna to be a part of that. All right, <laughs> Chief. For these last five questions, we're gonna do rapid fire style because we got okay. we've already ended for yeah. about an it, hour. It, it's your time. the last one. Let's nah, this is the last one because the, the other let's ones they kind of already, already answered. Let's, yep. Okay. Okay. That's it. All right. So for the last one, we got for you, Chief. Do you think the Air Force should have better life skills courses for our airmen, i.e., financial literacy? I'm gonna try to not answer this one too quick. I'm gonna take two seconds. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> So, so I, you know, this is a funny, this is not funny, but this is, this is a recent conversation that I just had with someone and we were talking about transition. And I truly believe if transition is going to be right, not, and, and I, and I know the Air Force is looking at transition and, and I think the transition is too late. I think transition assistance. And I think for now being out over two years and talking to a lot of my, just yesterday talking to a friend is like, you know, we get a pamphlet for everything. His quote was, we get a pamphlet for everything. We get a pamphlet how to do everything in the military. We get, we get all these instructions, but we don't get instructions how to leave after 20 years. They give mm -hmm. you a, a couple, and then they do. So you go to TAP and you got all these resources, right? Do you have resources? Yes, you have a plethora of resources. But man, after being 18 years old and being 40 um, and doing this for the majority of your adult life, you just can't hand somebody a couple a, a, a book of a lot of websites, right? It's just it's tougher than that. It's tougher. And I think that transition, because transition is set up, and I, and that may be not the system, that may be not the Air Force fault. It may be us as humans that we think of transition at 19 years. But we forget that people are transitioned at four years, six years, eight years, 10 years, 12, 14. And I will tell you that there should be, you know, we talk, and I don't want to be cat out the bag or nothing. I don't think, I don't know if Air Force is ever going to do this, but um, but I think it should be three phases of transition. I think you should get a transit, no matter if you're staying, you should be required to go through transition three times before you ever hit 20 years. Because yes. what happens is there's such a gap in knowledge. So just think about this. I'm 18 years old and I, and I actually... I'm actually so blessed to have the opportunities that I have to be doing the, the, the walking as a tech sergeant and teach college and be having all these opportunities to understand that I had a leg in and a leg out. You know, I had two different mindsets, but most people don't have that opportunity. Most of us just come in and we keep our head down. We do our job and we do a great job. We even get educated and all of these different things. But you have not been in society for over two decades and then even, society you left didn't even exist anymore. Yeah, even right. when you were in society, you were paying your mama was paying your bills, right. your daddy was paying your bills. So you really never had to 
really like something as simple as I was in the military for 25 years, taxes. The first thing a retiree will tell you is taxes after that first year. That's what I, they say. They say it sucks. Different. I would have <laughs> let you know that. Different. That's what they said. This they all that money different. Is, mm-hmm. it's different. I would just let you know that that first thing you should do when you retire, you should go talk to a tax attorney, especially when you get your other job and you're making all this money and all this money is coming in. You got all these incomes colliding with each other. You want to understand your taxes before you go out there and buy your new X5 and go buy your you know 6,000 square foot house because 12 months later, the tax man may come for you. They don't come. Uncle <laughs> Sam don't miss no payments. <laughs> But but I just think the transition, and this is not a derogatory thing to anybody. I'm 43 years old when I when I retired, and I think in a mentality of operating in the world, I was about 22. Because I never had, you know, I live in base housing most of my life. I never Mm -hmm. bought a home because I was overseas so long. There were so many things that most people my age, in as a professional, because at that point we're considered professionals. We have professional careers. Most professionals have done so many other things. Something yep. as simple as life insurance. What are you right. going to do with your life insurance situation when you retire? What do you mean I have to get TRICARE and I have to go pick a dentist now? You know, like, I mean, it's just so much mental gymnastics that go along with things that you never thought about in a system that you've just been operating in. And, you know, your kids, your kids might not be ready to transition into life at 2021 but guess what they make they, they're gonna be coming off your your insurance of your side i mean it just yeah. or, or, or different things that their their id card is going to go away if they're not in school yeah. well, something is yeah. kids can't go on base no more if they're you know a certain age so there's certain things that you didn't even think about right. um um but i so i think the transition conversation starts too late and the information that's trans that you're transitioning because when you're leaving the military the last thing you're thinking about is a little petty stuff. And it's not petty, right? You're 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 about where am I gonna live? Like I mean, it's big decisions you have to make. So your mind space is not really in tune with 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 oh I gotta do this, I gotta do this, I gotta do this. And that's why people miss so many things and then they get out here and then the safety net is gone and then they can't reverse some of these things. So as much as financial literacy we're talking about, financial literacy should be day one. I think we're doing better with it, but I will tell you something that I learned a long time ago. It's not a knock on the office of court because you enlisted people got to take care of enlisted people too, right? I remember when I was a staff sergeant, and I remember my wife was a staff sergeant, and I remember she went to OTS and became a lieutenant. And I remember in OTS her calling me and saying that they just had all this financial institution come in and they were talking to them about, they had a whole, I mean, they're literally talking about investing. And then when she got to her first base, they had she had this, you know, back then they had this company come over and talk to all the officers and stuff. And I'm just sitting here as a staff sergeant going, we don't, right. especially back in those days, there's like no one is talking to us about it. Right. They still don't. You know, so financial literacy needs to be more than just the classes that we're telling people, this is the blended retirement mm-hmm. and this is what we're going to match. We really need to um, invest in people's future a little bit more with that, right? And yes. and, not, and I'm not knocking PME because I know I'm gonna, you're gonna have somebody listening to PME and they're gonna get super upset with this. Coming this out. person, this person, you don't have to look too far, right there. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> <laughs> when, when I talk about enlisted professional military education, 
and when you say EPME, enlisted professional, how professional of the of uh is is learning about some financial literacy throughout your your PME time? How important is that for the sustainability of the enlisted force? I get it. I was at AU. I get you can't stuff. I've never talked about Air Force stuff, right? So this is my one little Air Force. <laughs> so I get it. But if we don't do it in a system, when are we going to do it? Because if we're going to rely and we're going to say this thing that everybody should just get it from their frontline supervisors who don't know either. Don't know. Right. Blindly in the blind there. What system creates this? And Mm. that's my question. And it doesn't have to be PME. But unfortunately, PME is the only system that we have that, that, that injects anything. It can be... It doesn't have to be. It can be a more robust, you know, base level thing, but it has to be a policy that says, you know, we're going to offer this, you know, it, so if it's not yeah. PME, we have FTAC, you have NCOPD, yeah. and you mm-hmm. have the senior NCOPD before you put on mass sergeant. Right. Why are we not, you know, those are things. So it doesn't, I really don't talk Air Force, but I'm just saying, mm-hmm. if we're talking about financial literacy, you're going to have to make it a priority. Yes. And the only reason that I got financial literacy because I happened to be married to officer. Right. You're right. And that's you just to be right. honest with you. And we yes. started and we started some we started things based on her access. Right. And and, and, and I was a staff sergeant. No one was talking to me mm-hmm. in my squadron as a staff sergeant about saving yep. money, investing in yep. money. I started TSP as a staff sergeant based on the financial literacy education mm-hmm. that we received both of us did and today we would never have had that safety net if we didn't receive that education so long ago as a five-year staff sergeant and going okay uh, because that was a tough conversation you're telling me as a staff yeah. sergeant married man you know even though it was making a little bit of money you tell me i got i got almost a thousand miles in daycare bills a month <laughs> yes you know and two car payments and i'm like you want me to put you want right. both of us to put money away? Mm-hmm. It's because we didn't have financial literacy. We both came from, right. from families that didn't teach us that yep. because of just, yes. just reasons, right? Just the way life is. So for us, financial literacy was long as we got $200, let's be real. We had two, $300 left over when we were staff starting and staff starting every pay period. We were good. Cars paid for, daycare paid yep. for, grocery paid for. We, we thought we were living. Right. Balling. <laughs> <laughs> Two cars in the parking lot. You know, we were balling. But when someone opened our eyes a couple of years, a year or two later, on how you live later, how you live now, like it's like now later candy. How you live now and how you live later, it doesn't mean you have to be the cheesecake. How do you create an environment? And let me tell you what I did. It's it, it fine. It, it, I went and got a second job as a staff sergeant. I worked at the skate park. I think I talked about that last time. Yes. I worked at the skate park in every in the club and everywhere else because yep. I wanted to save money. I could not save money in the current financial yep. construct that I yep. had because I had I wanted mm-hmm. my nice cars. I, I wanted my daycare paid for. Right, that lifestyle. Lifestyle. Right. So mm-hmm. I said, if I want this lifestyle, and I want the lifestyle that I have now when I'm 45 years old, I got to work. Yes. So I went and I went and supplemented my income for. 13, 14 years. And it allowed us to, to, to put that away. So financial literacy need to be that. I, I call it, you, let people know one plus one equal two, man. Like, 
That's that's as simple as that. Man. One plus one equals two, man. You put you put a dollar in there, and you put another dollar, it's gonna be another dollar, and then it's hard right. and it's hard to tell people at 19 years old when you get 45. Right. They don't, they don't see that far. Mm-hmm. I don't do right. that. I don't do that anymore. I say, even my 20 year old, I just put my 20 year old on a one year plan and she surpassed her goal in seven months because it's a short, it's, it's short goals. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. I'm like, I know you can do this in a year. You can save this amount of money in a year because look what you're making. You're making this every week and your mm-hmm. goals are this every week. And, and this is what you can do. And I say, like, just put just put this amount away in your savings and put this amount away in your mutual fund. Yes. I guarantee you, seven months later, you're talking about a 20 year old walking up, you know, hitting five mm-hmm. figures, you know, mm. and, and going, I did this. And I'm like, yes. okay, and you got four months to spare. So let's let's raise that line up a little bit. Yes. So yes. And then eventually you take the training wheels off of them because. Uh, we don't, anyone knows once you get money, you don't ever want to not have money. Right. <laughs> to that cliche of people talking about how, how, how cheap rich people are, there's a truth to that because they're not cheap. They just know what it was like to not have it. Right. And they don't want to go back. And ain't nobody trying to go back to that. I know that's right. I, tell right. People, I remember when I saved my first, me and my wife saved our first, just be honest with you, we saved the first thousand dollars we ever saved. <laughs> and we were like, we ain't never ever. We thought we were rich, first of all, <laughs> right? And then we were like, we ain't never going under that again. Yes. And that was nineteen ninety nine. Yeah. And we were like, we ain't ever ever ever. And we did everything to never see nine hundred and ninety nine dollars ever again. <laughs> so 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 financial literacy need to be a conversation of not these generic conversations you have with people. It needs to be short-term goals. So if you got an airman out there, put that airman on. Okay, let, let's look at all your stuff. Yep. How much money you got in the bank right now at the payday? Well, I got seventy-five dollars. How would you right. like to? Ha- how would you like to have three thousand dollars? Right. Man, I'd yep. love to have three thousand. Let's get you to three thousand. Yes. Three thousand. And yes. once you get to three thousand, they ain't gonna ever want to go back to zero. All right. <laughs> right. <laughs> yes. I think if if I was uh if I if I could rule uh, have my way in the Air Force for for uh, a little period of time, I think I would make it mandatory. Like you would you would progress with the like financial literacy would progress with you in your career. Um, and we would talk specifics like uh, bring in somebody to talk about investing, talk about next three months, six months, year, five years. Because you're absolutely right. Uh, it, it is important and it gets it's missed because although we have a lot of resources there. We're relying on people to reach out to those resources instead of I would force feed it. <laughs> I know it's probably not the right answer, or, but or force feed it. Or it's real slim because we have AFRC. So like for me, I had to go to the Amma Family Readiness Center before I had to move off base. But the the rep that was there, it was very surface. And I and and I'm like, if I don't even understand any of this, and I came in at 18 and you're giving me something that's like college level or somebody who is older, I'm like, what is all of this? And they're like, just take this class and click through and sign this. Yeah. And so I'm like, the conversation was like, we need more. If you taking us at this age or from any walk of life, we need certain life skills, not just financial literacy, but other things, yeah. other life skills that we may be sheltered to because of the safety net that the military gives us. Yeah, you you, you said it right. The, the life skills piece. Right. And you can't assume that everybody started the same place. 
Right. And, and that's the assumption that is really missed, right? You can have yes. five people that you supervise. Not all of them started in the same place. Right. So just, just plainly saying that, hey, go to FRC and they got all these resources. I used to say that when I was command chief out Edwards. I used to go over there and ask how many people, because I think they have great resources over there. They have they offer all these home buying. I used to always look, well, no one is signed up for this, right? So, and it comes down to people, you don't know what people don't know unless you ask the question. Cool. You can't even get to the home buying if I don't even know the process right before that. Yeah, I mean, so these conversations have to be everyday conversations. Like we say hey. resiliency needs to be everyday conversation. These type of life conversation, like I took it for granted that a couple of my troops knew how to wash their own clothes. And <laughs> until, <laughs> until, I, until I did a dorm inspection. Until we got the ones that didn't, right. <laughs> I mean, because because I grew up independent. I was washing my own clothes. I was 12 years old. So mm. I can't assume that everybody knows how to wash their own clothes. I can't mm. assume that everybody knows how to cook for themselves. I can't assume right. that everybody knows how to open a bank account. Yeah. Or understand. Yeah. I had a troop one time. Oh, man. And I'll finish with this. I had a, This is a prime example. I remember they came back and they had a, a, a used Dodge Neon. And, and I was like, okay, so what's up with this car? You know, it looked kind of, kind of, you know, like, yeah, I, it looked like you paid too much. Right. I just got questions. And I asked the questions and they were like, yeah, you know, you know, I got it for this much. I'm like, okay, that's already automatically a red flag. And I said, so what's the interest rate? They were like, what? Didn't even know what any of that stuff was. Right? Mm -hmm. So I looked, they didn't got it from, they, they got an interest rate of 27%. That's wrong. Whew. That should be against the law. It is. It is. What the thing is, when I said it, they looked at me with just a deer in the headlight look like, yeah, yes, yes, sir. You know, that's <laughs> like, yes, that's, that's what it says on this line. That's what they gave me. And I'm just sitting here like. Not logical. Yes. And, and that sounds ridiculous to us now, but it's right. not ridiculous to a lot of 18-year-olds no. that, that grew up without that, that, yes. that, that foundation of finances, right? So, and then once I, you know, you yeah. peel the onion back, this kid. He was very proud that he earned. He did everything yep. right in his mind. I earned mm -hmm. money. I'm going to save money. I, I, I never had a car before. I'm going to buy my yep. car. These people allowed me to have this car. But he didn't right. know he was, he was paying Mercedes money for a used neon. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. You're right, so, though. You're yeah. life. Well, All right, Chief. It's so, it's so important. Okay. <laughs> awesome. All right, Chief. So, uh, again, thanks for your time. We went over a lot of questions. There's a lot of nuggets there. And I'm going to go back and re-listen because I'm still I'm, – I'm trying to keep much notes as I can. I <laughs> but I, I got your book recommendations, the, your next five uh, your next five moves. So I'm going to look that up, and Key's going to put it in the comment section if anybody wants, wants to refer to later on. So, again, I'm going to turn it over to you, sir, for your part, last parting words before we wrap up. Hey, I love this platform. Love coming on here so much. So we went over another 40 minutes today. Um, <laughs> I know they'll edit down and get you. So hey, for everyone out there, this is, you know, I, I appreciate you tuning in to, to this. This 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 is what we're talking about. An idea that sprung from, I'm sure, just a couple of friends and colleagues talking to a couple of years later being something that you know, I know I'm extremely proud of um, to, to, to witness and to have been a fan on the sidelines and now to be um, you know, you guys have to come up with some name for your guests, you know, so, you know, before, you, know <laughs> you know, like, like Sway in the morning, I listen to him every morning and say, you're Man. a citizen of Sway in the morning. <laughs> oh, oh, look at that. Okay. Okay. Right you, you know, 
I'm, okay. a, I'm, I'm, lo- I'm, I'm glad to be a citizen. I'm a coin that for you guys, but uh, hey. you know, just, just, just completely proud to be a part of this platform. And you know, we're talking about business minded things here, and we talk about financial literacy and all this. And it's just clearly the last thing I would say: if you have a dream, it's your dream. Don't ever let anybody shake you and tell you to wake up. It's yours, and continue to dream. Continue to to dream things that don't seem possible. Right. If if someone told you that, you know, this isn't possible, then it's probably possible. It's just the fact that they're probably too fearful to try it. So all I would say is keep pushing forward. Keep doing what you're doing. Keep living all the lives that you want to live. It's just not just just one chapter of what you have right now. is not the final story. There's more you can write. There's no ending to a book. It can be a million pages if you want it to be. So keep writing it and keep doing it. So it's all I got. Peace. Thank you. Thank you. Key, what do you got for the people before we wrap it up? That is it. I just, I thank Mr. Don't Call Me Chief, Mr. Todd, and Mr. for coming and up here and blessing us. Um, it's one of those, like, he kind of bumped up our street cred. As soon as we posed that we had him, it was like, really? You had him? And it's just the endless nuggets where it's like, hold on, let me listen to that again. How did I miss that the first time? So I definitely, I thank you so much for making time because you are so busy and you just make time to pour into us and we're forever grateful thank you so so much all right so with that again i'd like to echo everyone's sentiments uh sir thank you for taking the time out thank you for the continued support both in front of the camera behind the scenes and amongst your peers though it's been a blessing throughout the years and just like you say you've been a fan of us we've all been a fan of you and watch you grow from chief command chief au command chief to now the Courageous uh, Leadership Alliance uh, speaker. So thank you for your support. For those tuning in and listening, I hope you learned something because I know I did. And every time this man gets behind the camera, gets on the mic, I definitely love hearing him speak and I definitely learned. So again, thank you for tuning in. Um, hopefully we got to all your questions. If you if we didn't, I'm sorry. This is the second time we done had them all. We done yeah. took three hours of my man's life. He's never going to get back. So you have to reach out on your own time. <laughs> with that, we're going to wrap it up. Thank you. It's been a pleasure.